Beardy and the Beast Media Club. This is placeholder intro song. Thank you for joining us for the Beardy and the Beast Media Club. A full spoiler discussion into a piece of media. We'll not turn on our friends when a spoiler is revealed. We are available here and on many other platforms with a full list available at beardyandthebeast.com. Give us a like and a share, or join the discussion in the comments below or at our Discord. My name is Drew, and joining us as always is the show's SS minnow, Devin. <laughs> Today we'll be discussing 1998's action comedy, The Big Hit. So Devin, was this movie a big hit or was it a big miss? I'm leaning at the moment closer to being a big hit. <laughs> You don't. Yeah. You don't sound uh, convinced of your own answer. <laughs> well, I think again, it's that whole good versus entertaining. Oh yeah, the, the okay, <laughs> plainly, yeah, not a good movie. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an awesome movie. It was entertaining as fuck. I, I'm just gonna go in right at the beginning here. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, sent, I sent you a message before I'd watched it, and I was like, I am actually worried yeah. that this movie is not going to be as good as I remember it. Because as, as like a teenager, I was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Like, I just loved it. Yeah. And, well, sit, sitting there, like, as soon as it started playing and I got the full 90s of it, I was just like, oh, no, no, this is exactly how I remember. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had never seen it, but the opening action sequence was just so over the top. And I'm like, this is exactly what I want from a 90s action movie. <laughs> like, just like the bungee cord off as there's like an explosions going off and, you know, these hitmen going in with like guns a blazing, two guys just sitting there drinking coffee. <laughs> It's a, oh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> uh it, yeah, it was just yeah, it, it was a treat to watch. Uh well I mean it's I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it a comparison like immediately. Mm -hmm. Compared to nobody, this this movie knew exactly what it was and just went for it. Yes. It didn't, it didn't try to hide it, there was no confusion. Whereas, in comparison, like nobody was the the awkward teenager that didn't know what it wanted to be or what it to do or what to do. Just confused by the hair growing in weird places. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, like no, no, nobody had the curse of trying to be too many things at one time. Whereas, yeah. it's it's almost like the big hit went. This is our attitude for the movie, and we're just going to go for it. Yeah. It was, I mean, again, like a lot of the action movies that we've watched, completely predictable. I knew what was happening. I had to make a note. It's like, thank, thank God um, you made it clear she was in university. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, um, the original script, I believe, had her as a high school student. Yeah. As uh and someone was smart enough to be like, wait a minute, that's kind of inappropriate. 
<laughs> so Kikonishi definitely the story could have been a whole lot different. It could have ended up like that super awkward scene in Transformers three where Mark Wahlberg was like questioning the suitor of his daughter and was like, mm. aren't you super old? And he's like, yeah, but we we're going out in high school. And it's like, you know, Romeo and Juliet laws. And then he pulls out a card with the, the law on it. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> why is this even in this movie? Well, I mean, considering there are movies made, I mean, at least it didn't go like full on Lolita. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, th the thing about Lolita that was, like, integral to the story and the aesthetic and what was happening, right? Like, yeah. Like, that was actually important. Yeah. Um, oh, that, that's very true. <laughs> so them, you know, adju adjusting and making sure that it was, like, you know, legit college age. And it, it didn't seem like there was any weird, like, coercion or anything like that. I definitely had a feeling it of... Uh, some Stockholm syndrome because I had completely forgotten what happened in the movie until she freaking was obvious that she was just like playing her cards and then as soon as she could used it to like conk him on the head with the meat tenderizer and try to bail. Yeah, actually, I wanted to to talk about that. That was probably one of the things that that actually I thought it was done really well mm. because I was at the point of you know basically throwing popcorn at the screen is <laughs> like, like yeah because it's like we have the this yeah as you said stockholm syndrome uh and i liked that they twisted it to have it her just you know being clever about it mm -hmm. and like to the point that literally just before she actually gets freed mm -hmm. i'm i wrote down it's like come on she hasn't screamed she hasn't tried to run anything <laughs> and then i was reminded that her feet were bound and as soon as they weren't screaming and running and i'm like okay I i'm good with this it did make it feel a little bit awkward when you know the inevitable relationship happened because it's still kind of that stockholm syndrome but well i mean I was fine with it. given her personality traits is entirely possible that she's just as toxic as uh melvin smiley's other the other ladies Others. that were in yeah in <laughs> melvin smiley's life as seems to have a type i guess you could say yeah and i'm not i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to say that melvin smiley isn't toxic and has a whole bunch of problems himself because he obviously does like i'm not placing oh, yeah. those relationship failures just on the women because it's all that's a 50 50 yeah um, well, I mean, I guess it's a 25, 25, 50, because if you do math, <laughs> I mean, she seemed to get him, which is, which is good. I mean, it, it was obvious that that was going to be either she, well, I mean, guess both happened. She was going to convince him how crappy the others were, mm -hmm. or there were going to be a love interest and Did this both. movie went right on both. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. I, I like that. I like how they set up most of the things they set up paid off throughout the film too. Uh, there was only two things that I wrote down. I was like, oh, this seems like foreshadowing that didn't pay off. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's actually something so, I kind of noted myself. Um, this definitely came from more a comedic standpoint. Mm -hmm. 
when it came to the writing. So you you have your setup and then you have your punchline. So mm -hmm. payoff. So that pacing, even when it came to the more action oriented things or just the general story plots, definitely had more of the comedy writing feel. Yes. Um, which I think is why the two pieces of things that I saw as foreshadowing when they, or at least I didn't see a payoff for them, I think they stuck out to me. Mm. So for example, some of the payoffs that, that we have, it's like the, the father, uh, what was his name again? I can't remember his name now. Um, Pam's dad. Having, Are you talking about like, Martin, Elliot Gould? Yes. Uh, not drinking. Mm -hmm. And I knew something was going to happen to it. And my immediate thought was like, oh, no, we can't have him drink because he's alcoholic. I'm like, no, that's not where they're going to go with this because <laughs> it knows what it is. It's a comedy. So it pays off in the, cl in, in, like, right before the climax, right? With them basically stopping Vince and them from, <laughs> from shooting up the entire place directly or in like the standoff that they had oh, well, I mean, so overall, that paid off well like it, it prevented it from being as bloody as it could have been like yes. it could have been a bunch of people sitting at a table while a bunch of people got shot yes Instead, right. nobody actually got hit in that scene no at all oh no the the two the two randos did right yeah the two hitmen yeah so you know that was a good setup it was, you know, even the the tape, the the King Kong tape, <laughs> being set up was like, you're just gonna take this from me, right? It, it was there was the comedic jokes. So, the two things that I didn't see pay off were brought up right at the beginning. Him going to the wrong house, and him like chugging, what was it, Pepto or Malox or whatever it was. For like an irritable bowel, like for irritable stomachs. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it, it might have happened in a rewrite. I imagine. I bet you the original concept of that next door neighbor thing is they originally had uh, a payoff of that where like the hitmen went into the neighbor's house. That's exactly what I was expecting. Like I was expecting them to go to the neighbor's house as he's pulling out and seeing them all there and going, "Oh, I better." Yeah. Yeah. Like something like that. So it, yeah, it threw me off a little bit. It's kind of, I didn't quite, I mean, I guess it was just there for setting the tone, mm. but I thought more was going to come out of it. I guess the only other thing was like, it's not solid and it's not a good e explanation of the, at least at the Malik stuff. The, he needed it around the other women in his life, but he didn't need it around uh, Kiko. Yeah, that's, that is there. I mean, it's, it's not a great reason. I'm not like, it's the only thing that makes sense given. Yeah. And if that's what they were going for, which I mean, is definitely a possibility. It wasn't, it wasn't clear enough because there's so much action going on mm. around Kiko that when would have had the time? So Probably while he yeah, was, it wasn't maybe while he was getting seduced like a fool. <laughs> oh, she played him so well. Uh, she really did. <laughs> Didn't so well that her and Marky Mark ended up dating for four years afterwards. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wonder uh, 
Well, while we were ta talking about the payoffs, I was just taking a look at the the writer and previous stuff that he had written, and it just it doesn't make sense to me. It's uh, Ben Ramsey, big hit, Love and a Bullet, Dragon Ball Evolution. Um, Dragon Ball Evolution. Uh, <laughs> that is quite a difference of films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they different. They definitely have different feelings to them. Yeah. So it did. Uh, did have uh, June Park. Which is like mm. a real old school uh, K-pop celebrity. You would know. I know a thing. <laughs> I mean, at least I almost wondered if this years. was a remake or something with the way it was done as well. Eh? Uh, no, you know, I it it kind of has that feeling to me, but I don't think it is. Like, I think it is a unique and original piece. Yeah, but. It, but it felt like I was almost thinking like just some of the Asian action type films. And there's a lot of, well, I mean, I remember seeing a lot of there was that a, in the credits too. There was definitely a tone to it, which makes sense when you have producers such as uh, John Woo. Mm, yeah. Hashtag bring back once a thief. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not sure. I like I liked it. It didn't. It was just instantly hit my mind. It's like, is this supposed to be be something that is pulling from something else? But I couldn't find anything saying that. So well, it's just like what appealed to me is from start to finish, the pacing was good. Yes, the action beats were in the right place. The comedy beats were in the right place. The soundtrack was amazing simply because it was definitely that 90s were trying to sell a CD. Yes. So yeah. every song was a banger or something, which is a throwback to me now. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I like this, uh, this song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of the end of those, of action movies in that. That kind of thing. Like, this would have been the end of that, that golden age, like just at the end of that golden age of this type of action like 90s action comedies yeah see i was like 98 or something complete sidetrack and i just need to point out how weird it was to see marky mark as a redhead yes that actually messed me up a few times i was like wait where where's mark in this in this scene i have no idea where where he is in the scene and then i was like oh that's what like i was yeah. losing track of him because of that it was weird it's the only thing i can think of him like that you know overall love loved the characterization in the film like i knew immediately that like vance was gonna something was going to make it so they were going to be antagonistic towards each other oh cisco and uh melvin smiley oh sorry cisco yes no vance was the tech guy my mistake i i was i loved I was, that the the overacting was so perfectly done Lou Diamond Phillips and Avery Brooks just nailed it. Just like hit it out of the park. Lou, Di <laughs> Lou Di Diamond Phillips, like constant forehead and eye movements and just over, over the top. It's like, oh, I've been shot. Well, it's my only weakness. How did you know? 
Yeah, and just I mean, the full-on hamming it up. It was so good. Amazing. It, it was funny because not everyone was doing that. So part of me in the back of my mind is going, it's like, how do you not realize he's lying through his teeth? He's so <laughs> bad at it, just like he is at being a hitman. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how for Avery Brooks you got all the best parts of DS9, which is just when like Cisco is like angry and doing his yeah. like Avery Brooks angry angry voice and angry pacing. Yeah. Um, actually, that's one place where I didn't. That was probably one of the few twists that I saw um, that actually did throw me off guard. Was Avery Brooks. Paris being tied to Keiko. Oh yeah, as a godfather. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 like I knew that I knew that they weren't gonna get anything when they kidnapped this person. Like, yeah, I just of course. Knew it was the incompetence was written all over the place. So it didn't surprise me. I did like how competent they were with the um all tracing buster 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 busters <laughs> yeah the trace busters <laughs> just like stacking them all up it's like and then the other side has like anti-trace busters like what's going on here well that's another setup and payoff yeah because when he called he had a trace buster and a trace buster buster and yeah. the uh Keiko's father uh jiro nishi yeah. Uh had a trace buster. And then yeah. like one up one upped it in the next scene. So that was like that was even uh rule of a uh, rule of threes thing. Yes. Yeah, just building up it. What's well, <laughs> to to compare this to nobody again? This is something that nobody could have really used is more of a clear connection of things. Mm -hmm. How do you make the movie tie together? Oh, the the person that uh, they're trying to uh, get money from is uh, directly related to like the big bad. It's a simple connection and it just ties the story together. Yeah. And gave a, a solid reason for, for Cisco turning right now. It's just turning to save face. Not, not necessarily because of anything else. I mean, clearly he had no problem walking over Melvin. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just, yeah. Just saving his own skin. Yeah. And, that worked. Didn't need much more motivation than that. It's a big thing. Like I know we've talked about this before. It's like this movie was super tropey. Oh, love it. And it was <laughs> it was stronger because of it, <laughs> in my mind. It de it definitely embraced the dark side and came out more powerful than you could ever imagine. <laughs> One scene I really loved. Uh, was when they actually dropped off Keiko and the the body parts, the bag mm. of body parts and all of that. I thought that was farce done to done to perfection. <laughs> Make well, sure just... having to juggle everything. Well and it's it, again it's another it's another decision that draws everything simply using the pieces that are already there. Yes. So the simply just going like I'm not dealing with this. We're leaving. We're taking the money. You're the worst. And there's family home, and then it kind of goes to 
felt almost like a family comedy. Mm. Like there, there was definitely feelings. I mean, yeah, there's definitely feelings at that point of, you know, mid nineties, the father's trying to juggle everything while putting on like the perfect Christmas. Yes. And then it ends up having to order food and all that. And it's just like, I definitely had those feelings. Yeah. In the, in that section. And it, this, the movie was just unapologetically nineties, a, a product of its time and avoided a lot of things that I thought in memory, I honestly thought there would be like scenes that even I would consider kind of problematic. Okay. Relics of their times. And Instead, it just kind of toes the line. It's a little bit more family friendly mm. in that time. Yeah. Dro- drops yeah, its, there's... Oh, drops its single f bomb or whatever, and preserves its rating. Yeah, no, I think the only part that, yeah, no, it toes the line. I think I could see some people having issues with some of the jokes, especially around um, with Pam and Jean when <laughs> they're talking about. Um, Marky Mark not being Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I mean, that, those, that kind of stuff was also in, I mean, Friends and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, as I said, product of time, right? Yeah. I'm glad, we, I'm glad we can say that and not be like, oh, yeah, it was the late 50s, product of the time. <laughs> you were actually alive. Oh, I'm not that old. No, because we were actually alive. Oh. That's why we can say it's a product of our time. <laughs> Um, I really liked it when uh, Pam broke up with with um, Melvin, right in the middle of the gunfight. Yeah. Are you gonna break up with me? Uh, yeah. Just like people having no idea what's going on. It was so good. Everyone was surprisingly okay with <laughs> what was happening. Well, I mean, they're probably in shock. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of the other girlfriend was that chantelle i think that was chantelle uh i thought there was a lot that could have been happening happening there instead just kind of became a a, you know secondary yeah something to move the plot forward as opposed to actually but not in a way i expected Mm. the thing is she she definitely had a, a personality type and styling that was straightforward yeah uh complex enough that wasn't flat mm-hmm. but not too deep um so what i mean is from the low amount of lines and screen time that she actually had you could tell exactly who she was what she was about um you weren't missing anything about her yeah and, and i think that's actually why i'm left wanting more of her Mm. Right, because it's I mean it would have been a completely different movie but there could have been a really interesting dynamic in just seeing how the even just the Pam and Chantel are dealing with the fact that he's the hitman because <laughs> Chantel obviously didn't care no at all like like right from the beginning steps steps in a bag of body parts and goes oh he's kind of cute what <laughs> 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 what <laughs> So I, t- I tell you though, one of the, the problems I have with movies like this is when it's clear a person's partner doesn't have any clue what they do. Yeah. And that's like kind of the, the pin in the whole movie. Mm. Like it makes, 
it made sense in Mr. and Mrs. Smith because they were both coming at it from the same time and they were both thinking they were being covert. So it it made it's sense. Actually make the exact same reference. <laughs> yeah. It it yeah. it made it sense in that aspect. But in this case, Pam had no idea. Yeah. And I thought there was a computer sales or something that sounded like. Yeah, that whole like something about computers. Oh, he sells yeah. computers to the homeless. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many homeless people need computers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's too because it didn't like when you do have that not knowing what the other person's done, the, that whole double life aspect, it's that wasn't quite played up enough around what was happening. Mm. Like it was a thing. He he wasn't hiding what he does. He was hiding the fact that he had a girl kidnapped. Mm. <laughs> and, and, but it didn't, like, again, other than that, like, bigger farcical scene, it didn't come up again. He wasn't struggling around it. That's actually something that I will give nobody credit for, was the mm. fact that clearly the, his significant other knew what he used to do anyway. I mean, if you, if you remember, it was kind of like a realization in nobody that, the script writing definitely had different ideas on that concept. So it was very yeah. clear at some points that a significant other knew what he used to do and other points had no idea what he used to do. Yeah, but at least there were some points around it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had the benefit of just editing that episode, so he <laughs> might be a little bit of pressure on the conversations than I am. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, I I can't see anything glaringly obvious where this movie fell short for what it is i mean obviously if we were to compare it as a you know to masterpieces i mean marky mark's not saying rosebud or anything but he is certain the, the movie itself especially within its uh wheelhouse is fantastic yeah i i mean it does have that problem like had I seen this, if if they were to, I guess the major failing is it doesn't want me wanting more movie. It's not like the losers mm-hmm. where it's like, I, I want to see another losers. If we were to go the action side, it's not like dread where I want to see another dread. Yeah. This one is very self-contained. In fact, if they were to say, oh yeah, you know, we're doing, we're doing uh like a pseudo sequel to the big hit i'd be i'd probably groan i'd be yeah like eh, no leave it as it is i mean yeah but believe it or not there was a time when movies didn't need to have sequel hooks (laughs) it's true i miss one shots yeah it's really interesting like this this movie was what like 15 million to make and came out with like 60 something or it it yeah. easily surpassed the box office for what it needed to do. Yeah. Like relatively to the what it cost to make, it did very well. Yes. But I'm wondering I guess ninety eight at that point, Mark Wahlberg was really starting to pop off. I mean it would hard it'd be hard to get this cast nowadays. Yeah. I mean your big names, you got Mark Wahlberg, Christina Applegate, Lou Diamond Phillips, Avery Brooks. Yeah. I mean, heck, uh, 
Sam Shimono is got 122 credits as an actor. Like, I didn't know before I started looking into this movie that Jiro Nishi is an institution. <laughs> he. Sab. Sab He looked familiar. Oh, I'm proud. I'm. You're saying <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, of course. <laughs> and the TV series, apparently. Oh, heck. Even Waterworld. I mean, even if these were smaller parts. Avatar. I mean, to quote, to quote correct, everyone makes fun of Waterworld, but it made tons of money. It was a huge <laughs> movie. I remember watching it. That's about it. I don't remember anything from it. <laughs> oh, he was in a lot, man. I tell you what, he, he was then, definitely the star in one of my favorite scenes of it, which I wish had gone on a little bit longer because I felt they could have extended that laugh when he was going to stab himself. The seppuku. Yeah. And he's like belting so out that good. song and he gets interrupted by the phone. I, I felt like so they, yeah, they could have done one more beat of the interruption, I felt like. Yeah. Rule of three. Yeah. It definitely <laughs> fell short there. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a nitpick. Uh, that's a nitpick. Yeah. No, it was, um, I'm just like, it's like, well, clearly he doesn't actually want to kill himself because he wouldn't be answering the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just wanted to make sure people felt the golden spray. <laughs> what, what's, what could possibly be wrong with that, uh, with that movie title? <laughs> what i what i really liked is you can you could definitely see in the cinematography the basis in hong kong cinema yes um one of the ones was when uh buddy and i keep forgetting his name because he was he was that bit character i'll find him gump was when gump <laughs> um went and did the call and when yes. lou diamond phillips hears it He's in the middle of taking a puff of his smoke and it falls out mm. slow motion. And then as Lou Diamond Phillips' head is turning, you can see the smoke coming out of the mouth. And I'm like, yes, this, this is definitely, I mean, Kirk Wan being the director. I'm not sure what he did offhand. I didn't get a chance. Oh yeah, no, exactly that type of film. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and then again, that also goes back and explains why I thought I felt like it might have been a a remake of. Oh, it could be film. like end up being something like how Seven Samurai, and all the remakes related around that. Yeah, or how like, um, Once a Thief was rebooted into a Canadian television series. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's yeah that explains where that comes from uh, i really liked i liked gump's character <laughs> with his like that. his his actual stutter and inability to recall words yep uh, <laughs> made him come across as a bit of an idiot savant <laughs> well i guess they, like they, like they the yeah he was trying to be hard uh but was yeah. really just like a techie that was trying too hard. Yep. yep. <laughs> and clearly can't spell too well. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Reading that note was just amazing. 
again, that's what made me think that she could have been serious or she could have been playing Marky Mark was just how she was with that note. Like, yeah. You want me to read it, not improv it. <laughs> okay, improv it. Well, these dick... <laughs> these <laughs> sexually <laughs> frustrated... Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no more improv. Again, came back with the rule of threes with the comedy because all of that played on the tape. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, that was more of a callback because I see the rule of three in that yeah. place was the... Um. First reading, second reading, and then yes. um, subverting expectations with the third. Yes. Which was the proper one. And then the callback, which reminds you of these fantastic jokes that... Easy. Easy. Reference something that people already laughed at, and they'll probably laugh again. Yep. Just don't do it too often. Well, that's exactly it. That goes back to the pacing, as you said, right? They, they didn't let the jokes overstay. Actually, you know what? This this does, thinking about it, I don't know what sparked it off my head, but this does bring some a place where I feel that it fell short, knowing what I kind of know about uh, this film. All right. I feel like the action scenes could have been better choreographed and better performed. Like, there was no, there was no long shot combat. It was one move, one move. Cut to another shot, one move, one move. There wasn't anything intricate. Um, I mean, there was the breakdance gunfight at the very beginning. That was obviously not Marky Mark busting that out. Yeah. But other than that, um, that's where I feel, mostly because of the other like Hong Kong cinema vibes. I feel like there mm. could have been better gunfights or standoffs or better um, fistfights. Yeah, because I think... This is around the time, okay, just trying to go back through my action history here now. There's definitely a shift from some of those longer takes mm. to these quick cuts. And I feel like that was around this 2000s era when that started changing a lot more. So, so I'm wondering if it's, again, that product of the time that's when it started shifting. Mm. Because I mean, let's face it, it's from a editing stunt standpoint, it's easier to not have those long shots. True. I mean, Actually, I was watching on a on a smaller oh, budget too. Yeah. And I mean the, those long shots are something I like. I actually was watching um a Netflix film that came out recently, uh Gunpowder Milkshake, I think it is, with uh Lena Hetty and Karen Gillan. I saw, you know, yeah. I saw a trailer for that and it gave me that conflicted feeling where I'm like, that'll be either be awesome or just the worst thing I've ever watched. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly where I was, but I'm like, I like Lena Hetty. I like Karen yeah. Gillan. Let's, yeah. let's see how it goes. And they actually did have a, a couple of like just those longer fight scenes again. Mm. Right. And I mean, it doesn't need to be longer. I mean, just having a nice, five ten second continuous shot um type thing for a fight can make a big difference well i mean it's something more than just like two moves and they that uh video store showdown mm -hmm. with like buddy had two, the two knives and mm -hmm. uh mark Wal Wahlberg wrapped his hand 
and they're about to bust yeah. something. And it, if you were to go back and watch that again, the fight was legitimately Marky Mark towel whipping. Yeah. I was I was <laughs> like, oh, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> that was and that was again one of the that would have been like the perfect place to have that extended scene that you were talking about as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I in the back of my head, like now that it's been mentioned, in the back of my head, I was I was hoping to actually preparing to write oh good they did an extended fight scene but they didn't so it didn't get written down <laughs> yeah i definitely i definitely wish they they had but yeah uh and that's mostly because of what it was leading up to mm. yeah I definitely i definitely feel like they were going to push in that direction yeah it makes me wonder like we, it because yeah i guess there's that other standpoint it makes me wonder that if it was a budgetary thing because and we look at the director and that is kind of his wheelhouse, like just looking at the titles of his films. Yeah. I so, I mean, like even like so many snips, like again, just that first explosion as he's bunging out of the building, like that's right out of, right out of that genre. I love it. Just big action. Yeah. I was, I was torn on Smiley as a sad sack. Because they definitely played him up in the beginning. Like he was a sad sack and everyone was taking advantage of him. But then they also paid that off when he was getting analyzed by mm. Kiko. Of like, no, you're actually doing this to yourself. I um, really like that she called him out on that. <laughs> well, and I just like think about that now. And in the world of like characterization and filmmaking, that's actually fairly progressive for 98 or 99. Because usually they would just be like, oh, no, it's not his fault. Uh, just everyone's taking advantage <laughs> of poor uh, Melvin Smiley. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's actually that one point that makes me think that maybe she's not going to be complete crap like the other mm-hmm. two women were in his life. And, I mean, to, to call it out and, and spell it out that way. It's, it's funny because, like, I know that they kind of went for that sad sack. He definitely did it to himself. And well, they did, the the fact that they called them called them out on it. They 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 essentially through like one line of dialogue totally destroyed a character trope in such a good way. Because mm-hmm. that's what always angered me about the the sad sack trope. It's always clear that. Like half of their problems are being caused by them not taking some initiative or them not having confidence for in themselves. Yes. And the fact that that character growth happened. Mm. Um, one thing I did note for that at, at that same time is kind of like, if this is your personality type, how did you become like this expert hitman? Uh, it was probably to impress somebody. <laughs> right. That was a fantastic line around that too. It's like, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of uh, family members, <laughs> those victims that, that don't like you very much. <laughs> You're just like, oh, what what was your what was your take on the inclusion of who is it? Uh, Danny Smith, the video store guy. He is one of those characters that if this film wasn't what it was, would have driven me insane. hundred percent. But he fit the tone exactly as it needed to. 
again, helped give that payoff for that for the video cassette rental. Yes, this is the thing that happened. And yes, you did get charged extra if you didn't rewind the tape, <laughs> even though they had a bank of rewinders. <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> he. Yeah, I think in any other film, I'd be going, but why? Well, in, in a pure comedy film, he would be annoying. Mm -hmm. In a pure action film, he'd be abrasive. Yes. But the fact that this balance, they can kind of put it in that middle ground. Yeah. Especially because he wasn't necessarily abusive. He was just some powerless kid that was trying to act big over the phone. Yes. And to, like, walk on people. Yeah. <laughs> I, d I did appreciate like, all uh, the trauma film posters everywhere. Like, Yes. <laughs> Fits, again, can fit the tone. I think I think the, the video clerk as well, he... We actually kind of got to use him as a better measure of growth of Melvin. Hmm. I mean, he is, he's probably the best one because everyone else just leaves, right? But you have him who is, again, this, you know, squeaky voice teenager working at a video store. It's like walking all over this. Yeah, verbally <laughs> abusing a, a hired hitman and getting away with it. Yeah, to the end, to the end, it's like, and I'm never coming back here again. It's like, yeah, it's that, it's just that right growth. For the character uh well i think so... the the other benchmark they tried was the um the, the malik's uh stomach re reliever whatever and it didn't work in the same way yeah like that's the only other the, on, the only other reason why i see that they would include that would be as a character growth measurement tool but the mm -hmm. video store kit is a much better measurement of it yeah yeah yeah, he worked really well in that regard. So, again, I think, which is nice, because it means that annoying slash abrasive character actually strengthened the film. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it was bound to happen eventually. Yeah. Law of averages? I mean, <laughs> the Flash in the Justice League? <laughs> was the strong point of that film? <laughs> i haven't watched the um whedon version i only watched the snyder version that was fun <laughs> i mean I, I, um, I just i don't i don't have that much time of my life that i can dedicate a solid work solid week to watch one film <laughs> like i could sit down and watch the extended lord of the rings trilogy and be done sooner than the Snyder cut. <laughs> we still feel like it's done over, done quicker. <laughs> I will sit down oh. and watch that one day. Yeah. Two interesting points that I had. One was like the um the scene where we first meet Keiko, just like straight up <laughs> shoots the boyfriend in the back of the truck. I I enjoyed that way more than I should have. <laughs> like, well, I mean, being a douche, right? <laughs> being a douche and like effectively assaulting this girl. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> this this guy who's killed like hundreds of people was the hero of that moment. Oh, completely. 
Um, Which is the payoff on the was, comedy side of that. Yes. I, I think I think it gave me a little bit of dissonance. Mm. Uh, just because it, they're making him out to be the nice guy. And that was very much just the cold killer side mm. response. Um, so there was a little bit of dissonance around that. Um, well, there there was definitely some good acting in that aspect. Um, Mark Wahlberg was definitely able to, well, at least Mark Wahlberg definitely drew a line in his acting. He had Hitman mode and Melvin Smiley mode. Yes. Like you could even look see it in his stare. And I mean, mm. it's a simple thing, just like, Partially squinting your eyes when you're in hitman mode, but it makes a big difference when you're subconsciously when you're watching yes. it. So that was uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He purposefully did that. He intended <clears throat> to do that while acting, and in hindsight, like it was the perfect choice. Yes, I mean, I mean, we keep saying Marky Mark, but I actually really like Mark Wahlberg's acting. It's just he got so tied I, up in I, the Transformers movies. Yeah. And was the but best part of them. <laughs> I mean, gotta remember, we've also got Four Brothers in Fear. True. And The Departed. And The Departed. He is... American Sniper? I think so. Or is it Assassin? He has been in a lot. I mean, Four Brothers, one of the greatest movies of all time. IMO. Oh, I am completely there with you. Wait, he's going to be the $6 billion man? Yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got... He's in Three Kings, too. He's definitely... Yeah, it looks It looks like the big hit was kind of... Oh, wait, never mind. He was in Boogie Nights. I was going to mm -hmm. say the big hits was really like his breakout role after leaving the visage of Marky Mark. But, I mean, he was in Boogie Nights. From there, just kind of snowballed. Three Kings, Planet of the Apes was actually pretty okay. Yeah. Alien Job. Perfect Storm. Shooter, that's what I was thinking. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he was in Lovely Bones. I don't think I've seen that one yet. I've mm. been meaning to. Yeah, I suggest... I'd almost suggest Lovely Bones. Um, I'd rather you watch that as a personal watch. Okay. Without the mind of the analysis. Hmm. You know, let's yeah, no, we have to talk about how good Marky Mark is. I mean, you got Ted and you got four brothers. I still haven't seen Ted. It it it's a Seth MacFarlane thing. You know what you're getting. Um, or the other guys, or like he's got a good mix of comedy and action and <laughs> Well, I mean the the other guys is in the same vein of the as this film. Yeah. So Mark Wahlberg's yeah. inclusion of that, like it makes sense why I felt he was so well suited to the other guys. Which, if they came mm -hmm. out with, "Hey, we're doing the uh, other guys too," I'd be like, "Heck yeah!" Whereas the big hit, I'd be like, "You know what? Leave that property as it is." Yeah. The only way I want to see the big hit remade is as a British uh, goofy comedy. I could see that, but it would also mean we wouldn't have Marky Mark. Well, I mean, you probably wouldn't be it if it was a remake, anyways. Oh, he should be. <laughs> <laughs> Big thing that I noted was I want those AR glasses that they had at the beginning. Oh, the <laughs> the the totally totally existing um, 
AR night vision goggles. Yes. <laughs> yeah, those definitely exist in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, military spec. I mean, they might actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have bullets. Yeah, that these you... were like Google Glass. <laughs> but higher tech. Yeah. Why can't we have these? <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're not allowed nice things. Yeah. So I would say, even though I have talked very glowing, there's definitely a few places where this movie kind of fell short. There are lots of little small things. Unfortunately, no movie of this genre can ever be perfect. Yeah. So in that case, I would, I'd probably give this one a trace, buster, 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 out of a trace, buster, 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 buster. Okay. I think I think I have to give it a couple of different ratings. <laughs> I think my overall experience of of watching the film, I would agree. I think it's definitely four successful traces out of five. Okay. Um but I do have to as it point out it's like it's not a good movie. Like if I want to be objective about it, I'd probably say it's, you know, three busted traces out of five so slight difference between them but uh overall i enjoyed it that makes sense i mean these are arbitrary rating systems you could say anything <laughs> and it makes sense it's true i mean if but normally you don't see you looking confused while we're recording <laughs> if you uh i mean they're so arbitrary even ashley's when we we're recording et makes 100 percent mm. sense even yeah. though I have no idea what what it was. Uh, the only other time I think I've seen you confused with the ratings is when I rated the little hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a bit of a trope. With that, this has been Beardy and the Beast Media Club. Join us next time where we discuss Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. If you like what we do, subscribe, give us a like or a heart, or join the conversation in the comments or at our Discord. We're available wherever podcasts are played uh, with a full list available at beardyandthebeast.com. Later.